0: This is Ron Moss Ministries. I can remember it probably was about 10 or 15 years ago, maybe longer, that I participated in a diversity training session. And it brought uh, county workers together. And we all sat at a table, black and white, and had conversations about race and the differences of how we saw each other and how our environment maybe seemed different, too. I remember about the second or third session, it started to get a little bit more tense and a little bit more uncomfortable because now questions were more about upbringing and the people that you hung with. Did you know people who had issues with people of a different color? Did you have family members? Did you have parents who were racist, who who didn't like black people? Never really giving any reason, just the fact they were raised that way. And you could tell when you looked around the room and in questions that also said, did you have uh, black parents who, because of the way they were treated, like second-class citizens, did they grow to hate white people? Did they not want to have anything to do with them? And you could tell how the room began to get somewhat tense and and you could tell that people began to get more uncomfortable and people started to shut down. <clears throat> they were very nice about it, but most didn't really have too much to say when those topics began to come up. I bring all that up because we are still living in an era where it's a subject that we still don't want to talk about. But I believe that somehow, locally, nationally, internationally, we've got to continue to have discussions about race and how we can come together and be one nation of people under God. Now, I was watching the other day, the Trump rally, and I was particularly looking at the audience, the makeup of the audience. And I would have to tell you that it seemed to be at least 95, 97% uh, Caucasian white people there. I did see some African Americans there but the majority of the people who were there protesting that the election was a fraud, that the election was not legitimate, uh, most of those were Caucasian white people. And I, I looked at it and I said, wow, because this was, from what I understand, the most votes ever of two candidates. And so 70 plus million people voted for Trump. and. I, What if out of that 70 million, let's just take thirty million? And say some of that thirty million was in that protest, maybe a thousand, let's say, or two thousand. Am I to believe that those folk have issues with people of color? Am I to believe that those folk have issues with people? who are gay? Am I to believe that those people have issues with other nationalities, Jews and, and, and Native Americans? Am I to believe that those folk have issues with immigrants? Am I to believe that somehow they believe that the world or this United States belongs to them and them only? And so they can pick and choose who they want to be here or not be here. I I thought about that because I'm trying to understand why we have so much hate in this world at this moment in time. And it would appear that whenever you look to the media, that... Most of it has to do with, or a lot of it is perpetuated by race. Now, again, we might not want to be honest about this, but we have to agree to disagree that the president has played a part in some of this too. With some of the comments that he's made and some of the references that he made and about Africa and and, and, and and shithole countries, excuse my language, I'm just trying to quote what he said, and just the natural fact that I believed that he was going to be the president for all people, even people that hated other people. That's the choice he made. That's what he lived with. But what I really wanted to try to figure out, because I know a lot of Decent, good, Christian, non-Christian, Caucasian, white Americans who I call my friend, who have never, that I can remember in the years of knowing them, some only three to five years, some 10 to 15 years, some I've I've known all my life, that I can never remember having an issue come up at least in my presence that dealt with race and that's the truth i i I can't remember that ever happening that doesn't mean that i didn't experience certain situations that dealt with race but it it wasn't around those people that i call friend i i can remember uh one time uh working for a furniture company and was in management training. And the, my driver or my trainer was a white brother who <clears throat> we were in a conversation one day. And he said, can I ask you a question, Ron? He said, was uh, Martin Luther King a communist? And I said, there is no evidence. You know, I'm one of these people that believe that one has to have evidence that will say that he was He had folk who supported him who either belonged to the Communist Party or were communists, but he never was and never prescribed to that. That's factual, that wasn't something I made up. He said, well, my father always told me that Martin Luther King was a communist. And again, if you say something long enough, particularly with young people, and you feed that into them and let them know that's why you don't support someone, because you put a label on them. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be factual or not, that you put a label on them, people will start to believe it. Back in time, when the pilgrims landed here and they ran into the Indians, that we call Native Americans now, that after a while, they termed them as savages. They were not Indians anymore because now the goal was to take what belonged to them and to do that, you had to change the narrative of who they were and who they are. They weren't Indians anymore, they were savages and we need to eliminate the savages. Now if you fast forward a little bit further, when uh, folk came to Africa, some, most were taken, most were sold, most were traded, slaves. And that's what we were, we were slaves We were less than a dog. We were less than animals. We were nothing. Our lives did not matter at all. We were hanged, we were beaten, and 99% of the time, nobody was convicted. Our women were raped most of our skin color come from the fact that we are mixed with white blood because our sisters were raped repeatedly. And so I I looked at all of that and we were called, the words were, we were second class citizens. We were nobody. We were no good. Can I fast forward just a little bit further? Then we had this name that has come up particularly with our young people, thugs, hootlums, crack dealers, crackheads, game bangers, nobody. Names, think about the names. Once you put a title on somebody and people hear it long enough it's associated in a negative way. So when you see the image of that young black male, you start thinking about the names that you've been told. What I want to try to understand is, is that how do we get here? And is it a way to get away from here? is it a way that we can come together and be one nation of people under God I really want to deal with I really want to deal with the similarities that we have with each other that makes us the same that makes us not so different that makes us be really in tune with each other that makes us almost identical in a way. So let's first deal with the fact that if we're Christian if we're Christian if we're Christian that would mean that we're all made in the image that's all of us, black, white, red, brown, we're all were made in the image and likeness of God. Did not say, and you help me out, Bible scholars. It did not say except for blacks, except for Jews, except for Asians, except for Korean. It didn't break it down like that biblically. It says there in Genesis that we were made in the image and likeness of God. That means we're all. All of us are made in his image and in his likeness, which means that we all kind of carry with us the God gene in us. We carry the God gene. Now, if we are all a part of his family, that means that we're all the same. It would be hard to be sitting in a church on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever you go to church and convince yourself that the folk down the street that go to church with that are African-American, you have no dealings with them. You have no interaction with them. You have no similarities to them unless you're reading a different Bible. So I want I want to really deal with what makes us similar makes us the same we all have the same uh, makeup we bleed the same blood uh we kind of walk the same upright you know uh you know we all kind of got our eyes in the same positions our ears are located in the same place our mouth is located in the same place you know uh there are tall white folks there are tall black folks there are short white folks there are short black folks there are fat white folks there are fat black folks i mean there are unhealthy white people and there are unhealthy black people there are healthy white people and there's healthy black folks there's athletic white people and there's athletic black people you know so so how much of us are similar than we are different. And and I I believe if we did a check mark, if we checked it off, I believe we would come up with more of the same than we would come up with being more different. So the question is, what have we done as a nation of people under God that has made us so separate from each other? And I got to tell you, one of the main things that, I, that come to my mind is identification. It's once you put a title or a word or a term on somebody and people hear it enough. Back in the 60s, rabble-rousers coming to tear up our neighborhoods. They don't belong here. They don't know our people. Come on up to the 70s. Crackheads, drug dealers, thugs, bangers, criminals. Come on up to the 80s and 90s. You hear the same things over and over and over again. You start to believe it. And so when you see somebody, right, we, we, have, we have white-collar crimes or blue-collar crimes, and we have crimes. Even it would appear that our sentences, when people are sentenced, that some of them are based on race, A black and white person can commit the same crime, and there's data that suggests and show that the African-American will get more time. Same crime, same background, but get more more time. A African-American, white person can go on a job interview. Both have the same experience same education, same abilities, but unfortunately, most of the time, those jobs will go to the the white brothers and the white sisters. Why is that? What's happening? What has happened in our world? Identification. If you say something negative about folk, a person, or people long enough, people will buy into it. People will start to believe it. You know, if you think about it, we make jokes about Mexicans, and we make jokes about Russians, we make jokes about all nationalities of people. And for some, it's not a joke, it's how you see a person. It might be funny to you, but it could be offensive to someone else. How was it for African-Americans we were given the word or the term or the identification of being called a nigger? That stuck for so long that we start to use the word. we made the word somewhat popular in our own environment. In our own ignorance, we made the word mean something that didn't mean the same thing that others thought it meant. So people are are also able to take words and make them mean something else. So I believe that one of the things that separate us or begins to separate us is identification of words. And again, I want to say this, if you hear something long enough, you'll start to believe it. And then there is a cultural difference. When you are always playing or you have had to play catch up. What do you mean? When we were allowed, now think about this, there was a point in time when we were not allowed to read or write. We were not allowed to do that. And if you ever got caught reading or writing, that could mean death in some instances, or at least a severe beating. Now, once we began to learn how to read and write, at that point we were now playing catch-up. Because there were generations upon generations upon generations of white brothers and white sisters who had always knew how to read and write. When we started to go to school, most of the books that were given to us were books that our white brothers and sisters had already learned, had already read. So again, we were playing catch up. <clears throat> we were trying to get on even playing field on even ground. So let, let me let me fast forward because I, I don't want to make folk upset with me and say you're talking about the past. Let me let me bring it forward. Let me bring it right here into 2020. So here we are, and a lot of us have been watching what's been happening on TV. We watched police officers kill young black males. We watched white men, I wanna say white brothers, because they are my brothers, kill black brothers. We watched white sisters flip out on some of our white brothers and white sisters for whatever reason, whether they were going into their own apartment, whether they were sitting in a dorm on their own campus, whether they were in the park just enjoying themselves, for whatever reasons, they were being identified as something different than who they were. All I'm trying to say to us is that we have to figure out a way to get back to being one nation of people under God. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is that we have to start to look for the good in everybody. See, when I see you, white brother, when I see you, white sister, My whole frame of mind should be the good. Oh, she looks great today. Oh, he looks wonderful today. How you doing, sir? How you doing, ma'am? Have a great day. It all starts with words. Perception has a lot to do with words. But if I immediately see you without saying anything to you as something other than something positive, then I'm already traveling down a a negative road. I'm already traveling down a road that's not going to be profitable for either one of us. And I need to be able to see you as my brother, and you need to be able to see me as your brother. See, you're not going to treat your brother like trash if you love him. That's point number two. If we were all made in the image and the likeness of God, then the Bible says, white brothers, white sisters, black brothers, black sisters, that we're supposed to love each other in spite of. Remember, love God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul, with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. It didn't say except for black neighbors, white. It didn't say that. It said love your neighbor. And neighbor is not neighborhood. Neighbor is neighbor. So the second point is that when I see you, I have to have an immediate reaction of love. And what if I got to a point where I could verbalize it? Love you, sister. Love you, brother. Have a great day. Because words matter. They have meaning. And the third thing that we have to come to terms with, if we're going to be one nation of people under God... We have to get to a place where we understand no one is better or greater than any other race of people. We are all the same. We all came from somewhere. That's the that's fact. We all came from somewhere. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. The United States doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. America don't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. So if you can stop taking ownership, all of us, if we stop taking ownership of what don't belong to us, and maybe it'll cut out some of that anger of being mad at what people do with what you don't own. We all, if we're, if we're Christian, we all got to answer to God one day for the good things that we've done and the bad things that we've done. I don't know about you, I'm trying to make my good list a lot longer than my bad list. I still believe that we can make it together. I want you to do something for me, black brothers, black sisters, white brothers, white sisters. I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to ask yourself a question. What can I do to be better with my black brothers and my black sisters? What can I do to be better with my white brothers and my white sisters. And then you gotta work on it. Like our lives depended on it. We got other generations of young people behind us that's coming up. Do we, do we want to, for them to be in a world where we're discussing race wars? A world where we're discussing killing each other based on the fact that we hate each other because of our skin color or because we don't understand each other. Is that what we're creating now? Is that the world that we really want to bring them into as they continue to grow? Or we want to be able to show them that under this tent, we figured out a way to work together. And we're not going to allow anybody to come into this tent Unless you got love on your mind. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. Oh yeah, to my white brothers and my white sisters. I love you. Peace.